I would like to talk about Smash, though. Okay. Because it is Smash Day. Happy smashing, everyone. I hope you're all doing smashingly. I hope you're all smashing your brothers. I hope you're smashing your brothers to smithereens. And your pumpkins. And your watermelons, if you're that one and comedian. Yeah. Last but not least. Yep. My cabbages. <laughs> there, that works. Okay. Friday or Saturday or Sunday or whenever whatever, this gets what, out or whenever you're listening to it and welcome to my pod cabbages the wonderful most best <laughs> those are some adjectives the goodest podcast about Avatar the Last Airbender on the internet I'm Summer I'm Noah today we're going to be talking about what you know I might walk this back later but I I think I think it might be my favorite episode of the whole show. It's very, it's my favorite episode so far. Oh, so far, for sure. Easily, Mm -hmm. easily, easily. But I might be so bold as to say, personally, favorite show, or excuse me, favorite episode of the show. Yeah. Again, I might change my mind on that later. I Mm -hmm. have a very (laughs) small memory. Okay. (laughs) I'm sure there are other very, very good ones, but God, I just... Every time I watch this episode, so good. So much to talk about. Can't wait to get into it. Let's do that now. Yes. Can I just say no. last episode? Yes. I just want to bring up um, that thing where Aang has to choose through a bunch of objects uh-huh. to determine that he is the avatar so he can remember all these past objects that he's had in past lives. This is something um, that... This is one of the actual tests that yeah. is used to choose a Dalai Lama. <laughs> we, did we not talk about that? I don't know if we talked about that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it um, is. I tried looking it up last time, but I couldn't find any information. But I did find information this time. This is something like this and a few other little things that I think about a lot. It seems like it seems like airbenders are best uh, suited to be the avatar. <laughs> yeah. For like a variety of reasons, uh, mm-hmm. including but not limited to like the glowing arrows. Yeah. Their mm-hmm. monk-like peaceful They're attitudes. The most spiritual yeah. of it. So, and it's a very spiritual position. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't the only way to choose a Dalai Lama, but it's just one of the sort of many tests that they use to determine but and I don't of, think they included every single right. sort of test in a 20-minute episode. This is also not the only way that they uh, find the avatar. The other nations have their own ways of doing it, too. How did my coffee spill on the floor? Oh, my God. Can you keep your coffee in your cup for two seconds? Cleaned up. Boy, do I have some fun stuff for yeah. this episode. I cannot wait. So let's not. Oh, my God. My fun facts list this week is very long. <laughs> And it continues all the way through the document. Okay, let's speed through them and have a fun fact time. Fun fact time. This episode was originally called The Red Spirit. Woo. 
Um, the mask was originally read appropriately <laughs> during some airings of this episode. The title is mistakenly given as the red spirit. Oh my God. And still appears as so on program guides, of several bo- broadcasting <laughs> networks such as, such as direct TV. <laughs> That's very confusing. There's too much red in this episode. There is too much red. And so the, the blue spirit the blue de- definitely really gets well. it a lot. Like the blues an accent color. Mm-hmm. Like Aang's tattoos. Or like the switch. mask. Sorry, the switch is just red and blue. Ours is. <laughs> Moving <laughs> Go on. Go ahead. Happy Smash Day. <laughs> Happy Smash Day. In the film prequel manga, an Avatar Extra's commentary bubble states that the blue spirit mask is actually an Earth Kingdom theater mask, similar to the two frowning and smiling masks displayed in real life acting theaters. Adorable. Mm-hmm. Is this the smiling one or the frowning one? Mm. <laughs> is there a different <laughs> it's the straight faced uh one in the middle <laughs> <laughs> like the mm, yeah face. the polite the cat face yeah the polite the cat <laughs> acting mask now this is one of the more interesting facts to think about as you're watching the episode as Nickelodeon only ordered 13 episodes of the original series, the creators designed this episode knowing that they needed something exciting along the lines of a series finale. As a oh. result, uh, okay. Um, so when you know that and you watch it, it makes a lot more sense for some of the other things I'll get into. But it's uh, kind of interesting to know that this could have been the series finale of the, the like, series yeah. finale. Mm-hmm. So they wow. they designed it in order to make it either one um good enough to get them more episodes yeah. or two good enough to be the end of the whole show. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's such a good episode. Like <laughs> like the the executive producers or whatever like could be watching this and the ratings could just be really bad but they were just like I just want to know what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> more episodes we're losing millions of dollars by the minute but i gotta know so we start with a hawk flying over this little cove toward a big beautiful fire nation fort Uh, i had to look up what this place is called it's the pohuai stronghold okay the whole place is very elaborate and detailed the design and artwork for this episode overall is just really good and I, i think it goes back to how it was meant to be a finale episode. Yeah. I feel like this is the first episode where everything is just really, really well, well done, well drawn, well directed. Yeah. It's all really good. We see five little archers standing around at the interior base of the fortress walls. One of them does this, uh, (laughs) the cool little arrow splitting stunt. Zhao is up on the wall with some other dude who just looks... He just looks like Zhao if you stacked a car on him and just let it sit there for a while. Yeah. Like, like this dude is just the original guy and then Zhao is just him re-entering Earth's gravity after spending a year in orbit. Just wide Zhao. <laughs> if you took a picture of them each and just flipped back and forth really fast and added an accordion <laughs> sound, well, I, I think that would be really funny. Uh, anyway, Zhao is asking this guy, uh, his name is Colonel Shainu. For the use of the archers, the guy's like, no way, they're mine, and they're guarding my fortress. Oh, Zhao says something really, really troubling. He says these Yuyan archers could pin a fly to a tree from 100 yards away without killing it. And I'm trying so hard to even imagine what that would mean, because, like, I guess it's implying they'd, like, pin it by the wings. 
But that would still definitely kill a fly whose main mode of transportation and therefore food, shelter, getting down and dirty with other flies is its wings. You are still definitely destroying this fly's life. I mean, you could give the fly a little habitat, take care of it, (laughs) got a little pet fly. Is there a way to pin a a fly to a tree without actually puncturing it in any way? I'm asking it to the mammologist. (laughs) The Yuyan archers are so talented that they can just shoot an arrow at a fly 100 yards away. The arrow will then screech to a mid-air halt, Bugs Bunny style, (laughs) and crowd the fly (laughs) up against the tree, put one of its hands up next to its head, like a little anime. Hey, (laughs) I don't know any Japanese. Yo. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to be like the cool, sexy anime boy. I'll just do a regular American boy. Hey. No, I can't. <laughs> is that your sexy voice? Hey. This podcast is an archive of like me trying to act like a normal person. <laughs> so Zhao insists the search for the avatar uh, would be a way better use of the archers. Shainu just keeps dismissing Zhao, ultimately just kind of vetoes this whole thing. Uh, and then Zhao's like, wait, I'm getting a call. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was Ozai. He says I'm promoted, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the messenger Hawk we saw earlier swoops in to promote Zhao to Admiral. We definitely know that Zhao opened this message from the Hawk like half an hour ago, and then he like closed it up and then sent the Hawk out to like go in a circle <laughs> and then like shit talk this dude like knowing that he was going to be promoted uh, just so he could flex on him. I especially like that the... The squished Zhao, he was the one who was basically barking at Zhao and then like immediately went from that to like to receiving this hawk on his arm. Yeah. (laughs) That must have hurt. The camera zooms in to the shadows up on the roof of this little wall gazebo and there's a mysterious figure lurking and eavesdropping on the roof wearing a little... A weird little blue Oni style anonymous mask. As we discussed, <laughs> it's a theater whatever. Oninimous. Oninimous. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. And you hear a little doom sting. They are literally eavesdropping if you think about it. What's an eave? The overhang part of a roof. I assumed that it was like the pipes of like water collection. Are you talking about the gutter? Yeah, the gutters of. Wait, the. <sighs> What is that called? I think they're gutters. Yeah, for like roofs okay, and yeah. like the leaves go down in mm-hmm. the gutters and the water. I assume that you like. Man, I feel like I just. tubes and you listen in through those. I have Benjamin Button brain where I was born with all the knowledge in the universe. And the older I get, I just slowly don't know anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in this little mountainside Machu Picchu looking abandoned village, the gang is taking shelter in a big crumbling temple. Sokka looks very sick. Sicka. 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 Uh, I looked it up because I was curious. This place is called Taku. It's an abandoned city located on the shores of the United Republic of Nations, formerly the Northwestern Earth Kingdom. This sounds extremely political. So, yeah. So prior to the Hundred Year War, the city was an important center of commerce. However, it was destroyed by the Fire Nation during the first wave of attacks due to its strategic location and importance to the Earth Kingdom. So this is what I was going to say. I have to assume they destroyed this place because it it was a great location for commerce, and Mm -hmm. then they just built their own little place here. The fortress that they built, the Fire Nation one, in this weird place, I think is the new center for commerce. Okay. I think. Sokka is in a 
big sock. He's like <laughs> Sokka. He's in his little bean bag and he's all really bundled up and he's fucked up. And he's like, you know why I like basketball? Abba's sense of humor. <laughs> and he's all shivery and wet. He makes me feel sick just looking at him. Yeah. I love our wet Sokka. He got the flu or something from like being out in the storm in the last episode. Aang was apparently running around talking, looking yeah. for Jinjuru for some tea. He didn't find any, but he somehow found a map yeah. in like a dungeon chest, no doubt. <laughs> I found a map and three poison arrows. <laughs> The map marked a place up on a nearby mountain for an herbalist institute, just kind of like a little Avatar Universe urgent care, I guess. Uh, Katara thinks Sokka will just get better with a little rest, and then she starts coughing, and they're all like, oh shit. And the next scene is just the tombstone with Sokka and Katara. (laughs) Aang decides to go find this herbalist to get them some medicine. He's about to fly off on his glider, but then uh, Deus Ex Machina... A deus ex cock blockina. They drew in some lightning to make it so that Aang has to walk for this one. Why cock block? Is he like going to romance the herbalist? Deus ex walkina. Oh. Oh. Not to worry though, because Aang can run a million miles an hour apparently. Another just like very OP thing that airbending lets you do. Little turbo boost. Over on Zuko's ship... Uh, crew guy is telling Zuko that they don't have any idea where the Avatar is, but I guess they're just going to keep heading northeast for some reason. He almost explains why, but then we don't get to hear it. Iroh's playing some pie show, and another really big ship shows up next to him, and Zuko's already really angry about it yeah. before he even knows who it is or what they want. It could just be his dad being like, I yeah. just want you home now. <laughs> I was... Watching this, like, it made me laugh because this ship is enormous and for some reason they didn't realize it was coming until it was right next to them. (laughs) It's like a, it's like one of those movie tropes how somehow you could have like ginormous towering monsters kind of sneak up on you. Yeah. Like they turn a corner and it's like, oh, the monster's right there, even though it has canonically big honking footsteps. Uh, Some pointy hat fellas board and they tell... Zuko that Admiral Zhao is collecting info on the Avatar. Uh, Iroh was very amused by Zhao's promotion. Um, throughout the scene, he is destroying his buddies at this pie show game, like hustling yeah. them. Uh, Zuko says that they don't have any info, and he isn't lying because we just heard them mention that. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, he's just lying to get them out of there. But they just said, we have no idea where he yeah. is. We don't know where to go. We would usually lie to you, but we honestly have no idea what we're doing. Yeah. And Iroh beats all of his buddies in Paisho, and he's like, oh, I'm certain you will win if you play again, while he looks at Zuko as if he's like trying to incept him or something. Somewhere in a little bunker up in the mountains, we see two Fire Nation lookouts reading through the Aang poster. Mm-hmm. One of them reads off a little bullet point that says he can create tornadoes and run a million miles an hour. And one of these guys is like blown away by this info. The other guy's like, nah, Garfield voice, you're not immune to propaganda. <laughs> then we see <laughs> we see something run past at a million miles an hour so fast that like mm-hmm. the whole bunker and these guys hats are just gone. I really want to make a wig flu joke, but I feel like I've reached my limit on that one. Yeah. The rate at which we 
are making so many sort of current meme references is really going to date our podcast. <laughs> I can't future. wait. <laughs> my kids are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to be like, it, it'll be like me listening to my mom's groovy. Yeah. Zuko <laughs> does the grooviest thing ever. <laughs> God, Aang is so swell, isn't he? Don't you mean swole? He's the... S- <laughs> <laughs> they are stunned for a second and then they blow their little alarm horn. I think this was actually the scene for some reason where I was finally like, this episode looks extremely well produced, like much better than all the other episodes so far. Mm -hmm. It really like the acting is just so good and genuine. The scenes are really beautiful. Plots really engaging. The humor is delivered really well. Like, yeah, it's taken so long for them to actually make really (laughs) genuinely good landing jokes holds up even to this it's day. A, it's a lot of good situational humor yeah. in this episode. Situational irony and dramatic irony. Okay. Instead of just saying jokes. Show jokes, don't tell. I took English classes in middle school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope you did. Back at the ruins, Sokka's dying. He's saying, Katara! Water! Katara's like, Momo! Take my water bag and fill it with bagged water. And we see some Momo vision. And Oh, I love this. It's become established canon that when Momo hears English, all he hears is... Unless um, he can't understand Katara specifically. Maybe. But I think we see it happen a few times. So Momo tries anyways, and he flies away. He can tell that she wants something. <laughs> And Momo is just so helpful that he's just, even though he has no idea mm-hmm. what she's saying, he's going to go try. Uh, then we see Aang running up this huge ass staircase to get to the herbalist's place. I read a fun little tidbit about this, actually. Um, when Aang is running up the stairs to the herbalist, one of the commentary bubbles states that the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is used as a reference for that scene. Oh. Now, I have not seen that movie. <laughs> I have not either. But I would imagine Aang made it up the stairs a lot quicker. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but my other thing, Noah. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine you're really sick or you're injured and you're like bleeding out and the urgent care center for some sadistic reason is at the top of this miles long steep ass staircase. I also want to mention that Aang running looks like Vince McMahon walk, but at like (laughs) times 12 speed. Oh my God. (laughs) Aang makes it to the top though. Piece of cake. And then he runs into this greenhouse to find this doctor lady. Yeah. Couple of things. There's a cat. An actual ass cat. Fluffy white cat. The other thing is there is a ladder in the middle of this very tall greenhouse that just leads up to a little hole in the roof. Yeah. And I don't know. It just stood out to me for some reason. I wonder what kinds of fun activities this herbalist gets up to on the roof of her greenhouse. Yeah. Aang marches right up to her and she is like totally unfazed while she mixes something up in her little pestle or mortar. Which one's the mortar? Which one's the pestle? <laughs> Do you know? Which one's the brick and which one's the mortar? <laughs> no, but Aang is talking as fast as he was running, trying to explain what's going on with his friends. And she's just like, chill the fuck out. Um, She explains that she's been up at the Institute for over 40 years. She introduces her cat. Her name is Miyuki. And she says, wounded Earth Kingdom troops visit sometimes again. Love to imagine them dragging themselves up those stairs. Aang just kind of stands around while she's mixing something up. And she wanders around for a while, trying to find an ingredient. 
And then back on Zuko's ship, Zuko's throwing a little temper tantrum. <laughs> He's literally just <laughs> punching the air. It made me think of, I couldn't, there, it, it reminded me of something. I couldn't put my finger on it, but the only thing I could think of was like, sort of like a Wes Anderson, um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, sort of the way like, you get like one frame per movement where it's just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And then he's like back to just standing like yeah. perfectly still. <laughs> Iroh is worried about him because it's been almost an hour and Zuko's. It's, it's been almost an hour. They, yeah. They've just been yeah. sitting out in the water doing nothing. Yeah. Zuko like, still hasn't given any orders. You've just been punching the air for a whole hour. <laughs> I would have loved to have just like uh, like a split screen kind of like fly on the wall cam of what was just going on inside of Zuko's ship this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> just to see what all of his little his little buddies are doing. Mm-hmm. Also, I couldn't help but wonder. Zuko is clearly like, we know by now that Zuko is different from the other Fire Nation. He's not like other Fire Nation soldiers <laughs> or Fire Nation uh, people. I'm a little different. Yeah. I have to wonder if the way that he acts and the way that he treats his crew members and everything, like if his Fire Nation soldiers are also like a little bit different now, like maybe they're like a little they're more like laid a, back. and They're like a little floating island of misfit Fire Nation soldiers. Yeah, because like I feel like at the beginning of the show, they all like seem very, very like stiff and like regular soldiers, but they 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 just kind of over time, I never really have thought about it before, yeah. but they, they all sort of chill out a little bit. They this get more is, comfortable like questioning authority and I don't think it's ever addressed like why Zuko is banished, but he still has like his own ship and this whole crew that's willing to go with him. Well I think since his his dad sent him off like if you can find the Avatar, you can do whatever you can come back or whatever. I'm sure he must have been like, well, you you got to send me with a ship and some people to find him at least. That feels awfully generous of him. I guess like it is possible maybe he did like go around and find yeah. sort of like- Or it could have just been Iroh's doing. Maybe it was like uh, Iroh's sort yeah. of yeah. old crew and he just wants to help out his of course, boy. Of course. I mean, they obviously, they have not cared for Zuko very much. Like Zuko's at a weird sort of dead end at this point. Because he knows Zhao yeah. is sort of taking over something that he's been working on for a long time. And he knows Zhao, he knows that Zhao has a lot more resources and it's just kind of like, what the fuck is he supposed to do to like compete with this? You know what I mean? He yeah. has no idea where to even begin. Meanwhile, the herbalist seems to have found the last ingredient for the, the thing, uh, plum blossom. Aang tries to snatch this mixture out of her hands. Uh, the herbalist smacks him with a little spoon uh, like hands off twerp. This is Miyuki's dinner. <laughs> she sets the bowl down, and Miyuki gets balls deep in this plum blossom awesome <laughs> dish. I don't know if you noticed that, but like Miyuki, <laughs> full like I don't know how she was breathing with like, her face in the bowl like that. I was thinking like diving into the bowl like Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> <laughs> Aang gets upset though because he thought that she was making some medicine for his friends, and she's like, "Relax, my dude." Uh, just go pick up some frozen wood yeah. frogs from the swamp. She says, suck on my frozen wood frogs. They're not hers. Suck on those frozen <laughs> wood frogs. Make sure that they don't thaw out. Piece it up high. Aang runs out of the Institute and is met immediately with arrows that pin him to the ground uh, via his little booties. They don't go through his skin, though. Yeah, no, no, it's no. It's not that much. I am so glad this show, like... 
normally you can see <laughs> normally a show will introduce sh shooters like this. Like they can pin a fly from a thousand miles away. And then immediately when they're sent off to shoot someone, they miss every fucking shot inexplicably. Yeah. But in this case, it looks like because they're, they're not, they're not meant to kill Aang. So they do, mm -hmm. they land pretty much every shot. Yeah. These Archer people, this D and D group of oops, all archers <laughs> is probably the most sort of powerful force that we've seen in this show so far. What about or at Aang? least demonstrated. Not Aang. They seem to get them pretty quickly. That is true. Aang doesn't seem to be quite a match for these archers, as we're starting to see. Yeah. Well, they do. They shoot a bunch more arrows at Aang, presumably to pin him all the way down. But this time. Uh, they do miss because Aang does some quick airbending. So mm -hmm. he's, well, this is like another one of those situations where, yes, they're professionals and they're perfect, but they've never trained against an airbender. So yeah, like he still has an edge on them a little bit. Aang's very good at just pushing things away. Yeah. But innocent little Aang just picks up an arrow and he's like, uh, I think you dropped this. And one of the archers <laughs> is like, oops, I dropped my monster arrows that I use for my magnum bow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But it's like, it's not sarcastic or anything. Like in this moment, apparently he genuinely believes yeah. he was accidentally shot at with like 20 yeah. arrows. <laughs> uh, they all notch their bows again and Aang finally realizes they are shooting at him on purpose. Mm -hmm. So Aang pulls himself free. He tries to run away. We get that good chonk to chonk to chonk chonk to chonk to chonk. Yeah, that good drum music indicating a tense kerfuffle. The adrenaline music. The adrenaline music. Aang starts toward the stairs, but that's not going to work. So he runs back the way he came and just just jumps off the cliff. I have a little fun fact. Okay. The movie Rambo was used as a reference for this oh scene. Oh my God. <laughs> hey, Summer. Yes. I have a question. Go. If the Avatar jumped off a cliff, would you jump off too? No. Okay, but these archers do. Yeah, the archers jump off after him because they have little Spider-Man arrows. Mm -hmm. Man, I feel like we talk about Spider-Man in every episode, like more than one time per episode. How does this keep happening? I mean, Spider-Man one and <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, that's how you used to talk about like the plural Spider-Man movie. <laughs> the new Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies have just sort of released so maybe that was just really in the cultural consciousness yeah true they all fly through the trees along the cliff there's there are spider-man swanging through those trees arrows flying ang lands in the swamp at the bottom and manages to scoop up several wood frogs um the first one he picks up though <laughs> he picks it up and he's like a frog and it is instantly shot out of his yeah. hand by an arrow, and I was just like, and Aaron Paul Aaron voice. Paul voice. No. no. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> um, not, same hat. Same hat. Not sure if Aang remembers that he actually needs these frogs or not, or if he's just excited to find a frog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, a frog. The archers are able to pin him to a big log while he's digging around for these frogs. Um, Aang does some waterbending to create a little shield, but the archers do their arrow splitting trick and shatter the shield, and then they catch him in a big net. Very quickly. Yeah, he's, it's his one weakness. Mm. You yeah, can't he, push that away with air. Yeah, we've seen him be bested by nets a lot. Just imagining like a like Zuko finally figuring this out and like chasing Aang with like a like cartoon <laughs> dog catcher giant net. We cut to a weird dungeony area where Aang is being held 
captive in chains. Okay, 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 okay. I have some wild info for this part. Okay. <laughs> the, oh my God. The production team intended to have Aang suspended in the air, shackled on all four limbs, but standards and practices did not allow it. <laughs> standards and practices? Yeah, so I was like, that sounds pretty official. I looked it up. In the United States, standards and practices, also referred to as broadcast standards and practices, is the name traditionally given to the department at a television network which is responsible for the moral, ethical, and legal implications of the program that network airs. Oh, my God. <laughs> they were legally, morally, <laughs> and ethically not allowed to do this to Aang. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for protecting Aang. <laughs> government <laughs> this is just wild i love that this little this fun little kids show was like yeah. vetoed by standards <laughs> and practices summer yes what do you see babies babies they're so cute babies <laughs> love that little hat I have a little tidbit for my brain okay go for it um i feel like that they got past these standards and practices there is a scene in legend of Korra where yeah, one it of actually the, it mentions this yeah i wasn't gonna bring it up because i didn't want to spoil anything well i'm not gonna say what the character is but but this <laughs> this is achieved in Korra. okay but like some wild shit happens in Korra. some absolutely yeah. like buck wild shit happens in Korra. we zoom out to see that ang is being held captive in a room that's right in the middle of the Pohuai stronghold. I really hope I'm saying that correctly. Pohuai. Uh, Zhao walks in with his little evil villain monologue. He's mm -hmm. like, you're a slippery little bastard, but I've got you now. And Aang's like, no way, man. I haven't been avoiding you. I will literally kill you right here if you mm -hmm. want. Aang says, untie me and I'll fight you right now. <laughs> but he says it so fast that it sounds like... <laughs> That he's saying, I'm tiny and I'll fight you right now. <laughs> I mean, both are true. So. Yeah, he is tiny because he's 12 and Zhao is an adult man. I just really like Aang's personality. He's he's not afraid of anything. Yeah. I love that. Zhao taunts him a little bit and then explains that they're not going to kill him because uh, that would just mean they'd have to run around looking for the next avatar. Uh, then he implies they're just going to fucking torture him for the rest of his yeah. life. <laughs> Which, not sure how wow. that one made it past standards and practices. <laughs> Aang sweeps Zhao off his feet. Uh, Zhao is totally unconcerned, Just though. by blowing at him? Yeah, like... a, little, a little. But Zhao is not concerned because Aang can't escape and no one is coming to rescue him. Back at the ruins, Sokka's still dehydrated. Momo finally comes back. Not with some water, but some sick beats. Beats? Because he brought back a dead mouse. Oh. Hmm. Katara four four looks, out of ten. <laughs> Katara looks at this literal dead animal that Momo has dropped on her chest. Well, Momo just thought she was hungry. Yeah. Which is sweet. Very sweet. Can't hunt for herself. And then we cut right back to Aang. And then out to the whole fortress and then another quick cut to a little blue mask peeking out of a bush outside the mm -hmm. fort. Another cut, but this time it's closer to the blue mask. Another cut even closer. Yeah. It's very, <laughs> very funny to watch, but visual humor is hard to narrate. Yeah. It zooms on it like doing the Avatar version of the Inception bong. 
I don't think it's meant to be funny, but it's hilarious. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and it's so fun that it's funny. Then we see a little caravan heading up to the fortress and fucking the blue spirit pops out of the ground to grab onto it yeah. from below. This uh, this little blue spirit person seems to have dug themselves completely into the yeah. dirt somehow in order to do this. <laughs> they seemed very confident that the carriage wouldn't be like, I don't know, like, a half foot over to the left where it would have just squished them That's with true. the wheels <laughs> or something that they would be right underneath the caravan. Uh, but they make it safely into the fortress and run up into the safety of a little dark staircase. Um, meanwhile, out in the courtyard area, Zhao is up in his tower balcony thing, giving a speech to the soldiers below uh, in the middle of the fucking night for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I mean, like, he just caught the Avatar and he just can't wait. He cannot wait. Emergency speech. This speech is, <laughs> oh boy, it is problematic. Uh, if you were on the fence about how evil the Fire Nation was before now, you <laughs> this is clearly some, like, Zhao literally calls fire the superior element and goes on to say that the Avatar was the only thing in the way of complete fascist worldwide domination. The call and response to, like, the crowd is very confusing to me, like, what the crowd is saying. We have the Avatar, and now he's my prisoner! And the crowd is just giving this ambiguous, like, Well, that's what, that's what um, armies do. Okay, you're from the army, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> God, no. But they're going to use the comet, and they're going to bur burn bossing, say, to the ground, etc., etc., um, while everyone is distracted out here, the blue spirit is running along the fortress walls into the grates, the drains, the pipes. Uh, Sneaking through those sewers. They seem to be very familiar with the blueprint of this fortress. Yeah. But they are the blue spirit, so of course they know all about blueprints. Aang <laughs> is still all chained up, looking pretty out of breath, as if he's been trying to get out of his chains this whole time. Probably was. Especially <laughs> uh, after his dig around in the frozen swamp, he is very much that Japanese swamp farmer who's like, never give up. What are you doing there? <laughs> I'm here out in this swamp collecting frozen wood frogs for my friends to suck on in negative 10 degrees Celsius. Okay. Uh, but the frogs are all thawing out now and they're wiggling out of his clothes. Oh my God. By the way, I just, I love how Aang put these frogs just anywhere and everywhere in his yeah. clothes. <laughs> They're all wiggling out and sliding across the floor, but they're all still like half frozen. So we just see some little frog limbs pushing along the floor. Mm -hmm. It's really silly looking. There are four frogs and each- All four froggers. All four froggers. <laughs> <laughs> there are four frogs and each frog is frozen halfway in a different direction. Mm. And it's all very symmetrical. Like one's left side, right side, top side and bottom it's side like the frogs. Konami code. We see a few guards standing outside the chamber and we hear a ribbit. And for like a single frame or two, we see one of the guards look angrily at the other guards mm -hmm. as if like, as if they fully believed one of the other guards made this noise <laughs> like it's happened before. It's like, God oh, damn it, Josh. Oh my God. But then these frogs start scooting out from under the door and the guards look concerned for a second. And then there's a loud clanging. They all go back to their straight guard faces a pointy helmet flies down the corridor toward them. One of the guards walks down the corridor to investigate. And then as soon as he turns the corner, he screams. There's some fire, chain rattling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds very ghostly. Yeah. <laughs> 
two more of the three remaining guards sneak down really carefully, and then they find their friend chained up to the ceiling. And behind them, hidden in the ceiling shadows, we see the blue spirit. Above them. Yeah, well, behind and above. I did say the ceiling, which we have okay. to apply is <laughs> above them. <laughs> They're not just walking around on the walls. <laughs> yeah, we did mention Inception, but... Yeah, no Jason Gordon de Padeva. Joseph Jason, Jason Corbin Leblitz. <laughs> Jason Corbin Blue. <laughs> spirit. Ooh. Uh, the Blue Spirit jumps down and ties both of them up too. And then Blue Spirit runs down to the door where there's just one guard left who pulls out a horn, but Jeffrey J throws a little knife, knocks the horn out of his hands before he can blow it. Who's Jeffrey J? I'll admit to doing a little research to make this joke that no one will understand. Okay. Okay, but no But one? if you were listening to it, you wouldn't have understand <laughs> of course unless not. you did the research. Of course not. Okay, but I should. Everyone should know who this is. Do you have it, Noah? Yeah. Uh, think of a song that's about the color blue. I'm Blue by Eiffel 65. You know who this is by? God damn it. I didn't even know who the artist was. Anyway, Jeffrey J is the lead singer of Eiffel 65. Okay. I mean, you could have just said <laughs> Eiffel 65. This is how you do humor, folks. The guard throws a big fiery punch and Blue Spirit throws a bucket of water, puts out the fire, swings the bucket around again, knocking the guard off his feet. It looks sick until you watch it the second time. And yeah. You're like, where the fuck did this bucket of water come from? It's very good. <laughs> I will say the thing that I've heard about like what good film making is is like hiding all the plot holes without people thinking about it yeah because like <laughs> we rewatched this scene several times and it is completely impossible for the blue spirit to have yeah procured this water bucket in the small space of time that they had to do so mm -hmm. but if you're watching this like any normal person that's supposed to yeah, be watching you don't this question it is like oh they just had of course. Bucket in their inventory. And it looks very cool. <laughs> we'll forgive it. Blue Spirit opens the door to the chamber and pulls out their dead pool swords. <laughs> <laughs> Spinning around everywhere. Yeah, it starts swinging them around. And Aang's like, oh shit, here's torture, boy. <laughs> but, but the Blue Spirit just hits the chains and breaks Aang free. And those swords must be sharp. Oh they are God. iron chains and... <laughs> Valyrian steel. They're just sliced once. Aang asks the blue spirit who they are. Um, he's just kind of yeah. yelling at him he's these just, weird blunt questions <laughs> in this loud deadpan like, voice. Who are you? What's going on? Are you here to rescue me? Why are you wearing that mask? Are you going to kill me? The blue spirit. How did you get in here? Blue spirit. Do you want a frog? Are you my mom? Shut the fuck up, Noah. <laughs> the blue spirit pauses for a second, walking back out the door and just dabs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, apparently, it was just an indication to follow them out. Uh, on their way out, Aang sees his half-frozen frogs in an adjacent room and really wants to grab them before they go, but Blue Spirit grabs him and leads him away. And Aang's like, no, my friends need to suck on those frogs. Uh, when I first heard this, I thought he was going to be like, no, my friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Props to the Blue Spirit for still keeping their mouth shut and not kink-shaming Aang's friends. We see Momo flying back to Sokka and Katara, and they are loaded with all kinds of shit. You see pots and pans and mugs and fans, a stool, a knife, a bowl, some cups, some scrolls, a teapot, a plate, a oh, big brush. For a second, I thought you were like starting to rhyme those. Oh. And I was like, I wasn't, ooh, I was I like, wasn't, put a beat on that. I yeah. wasn't doing like a freestyle rap or like beat poetry or something. 
Big brush. Katara has this old-timey crown on her head. I love it. <laughs> They've got all sorts of hidden treasures from this little ruined village. Um, oh, yeah. I was going to say, like, apparently this village, it's abandoned, but it's still just full of yeah, loot. Like, <laughs> We have to assume that this is, like, an extreme surprise attack that the Fire Nation did, and everyone had to evacuate as soon as possible. Very leave uh, all their things behind. Fortnite? <laughs> Question why are, mark. <laughs> why are you making all the Fortnite references now? Katara's like, oh my god, we just need water. Where are oh, you, yeah. Aang? And she's like spelling out, she's like, water. Water. As, <laughs> as if if she just speaks really slowly, Momo can yeah. understand what she's saying. Sokka's like, who the fuck is Aang, your highness? <laughs> And now we're back in the sewers with the blue spirit, who is a person. We don't want to imply that the blue spirit is like an actual yeah, ghost. Yeah, well, we've mentioned the mask and everything. It's yeah. just a person. But just, it's the easiest way to refer to them is blue spirit. For the people who are listening who have not watched the show and don't have a intensely visual imagination yeah. like I do, the blue spirit is a human. As far as we mask. know. They look like the be a spirit. the sort of dancing pumpkin mask mm, dude. That's true. <laughs> that's what it really reminded me of. Because they're wearing like a black it, body morph. Yeah, sort of. It's like a black body morph suit with a single mask. Mm. So that's a good point. And then the Deadpool swords. It's a very interesting <laughs> look. God, I really want to see this whole episode, but with like a pumpkin mask instead. <laughs> Pumpkin spirit. It's the great pumpkin. Oh man, or just like an animated version of that that video, but it's just the blue spirit instead yeah. of Yeah. <laughs> that has to exist somewhere. Mm-hmm. Aang follows the blue spirit out through the sewers while Zhao is bragging to some transcriptor about his achievements somewhere else. Uh, he wants Ozai to know about how good he is at catching avatars. And Zhao also implies that he wants the scribe to like forge really nice testimonials for like all the oh, office. Oh yeah, He's I, like, I missed and I, that the first time. He says, I want glowing testimonials for, from all the ranking officers. Uh, he may have just been implying like go to them and, and ask. Like, just but... this is an order, have them write nice things about <laughs> me. <laughs> they come across the chained up guards and then Zhao bursts into the dungeon room to see that it's empty, except for a little frog. I can only help but wonder, cause like, all of the the people who are not Aang and uh, the herbalist have no idea what's going on with these frogs. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> if they were thinking, like, was was this part of the escape? Like, yeah. <laughs> what what is the relevance of these frogs? And the Avatar hasn't really existed in a hundred years. So, like, if, if I were Zhao and I walked into a room, the Avatar is gone, and there's a frog, I would immediately assume Aang turned into a frog. Me too, because we don't know. <laughs> We don't know if the Avatar can't turn into a frog. Yeah, we don't know. I just want to say, I do think that frogs are very funny. They're just a good comedic animal. That's true, yeah. They truly are just arms and legs with a mouth. I think that's why I like our gecko, because she's just like a frog version of a gecko. Shout out to Lizard of the Show Echo. The alarm bells are ringing as Aang and the Blue Spirit climb up a rope on one of the walls. The guards see them immediately. It's almost like they weren't actually doing their job until the alarm started mm-hmm. ringing. Um, Zhao's like, Avatar is out there. Close the everything. Yeah, the their rope gets cut down, but Aang saves them with a little airbending. The kerfuffle song starts again, 
And you get those adrenaline drums and it's going. And this is where the show gets extremely good to watch and extremely difficult to talk about. But we're going to do our God damnedest. Aang tells Blue Spirit to stay close to him, blasts a bunch of soldiers out of the way. A bunch more soldiers approach Blue Spirit with spears. Blue Spirit pulls out their swords and whittles little animals out of the shafts. Then some dubstep starts playing. The soldiers are throwing red and blue blocks at Aang with a bunch of arrows on them. But right before they hit Aang, a uh, blue spirit runs in front of the blocks and to protect him and slices all the blocks in rhythm and doing some sick dance moves. We see the gates close before they can make it through. And one soldier almost gets Aang with a spear, but Aang grabs the spear, twists it around himself into a feather boa, blowing the soldier away. Aang still doesn't have his glider, so he does snap off the end of the spear and starts using it as a staff. Meanwhile, Zuko is still whittling away at these other <laughs> soldiers' spears. He's making a whole zoo of animals out of them. Uh, Aang wipes them all away with a big air-based wet wipe and then launches Blue Spirit into the air. Blue Spirit tucks and rolls onto the wall, gets up very gracefully to face more soldiers who are approaching from both sides. Rufflecopter Aang appears <laughs> and picks up Blue Spirit with his leggies. Um, Aang is using his broken spear as a propeller and he's flying them across this ditch uh this sounds like a bit but this actually happens. <laughs> yeah this actually <laughs> fucking happens and he's really struggling as he yeah. should like this is pretty incredible because mm -hmm. it's not meant to this be is used as a propeller <laughs> he's not really doing any airbending with this other than just making the the stick yeah. go fast enough to he, actually like he could just be like trying to control air currents to push him up like a little boost, but... The soldiers start throwing spears from below and the blue spirits chopping them as they come. On the top of the next wall, more soldiers approach and it's looking pretty desperate, especially as one of the soldiers kicks Aang, uh, kicks his stick off the wall. But then Aang does the first piece of actual genuine, a very gorgeous bit of Bagua. He does this one motion that looks very smooth, but it's very, very hard. And despite practicing for like a year now, I still can't do it properly where you basically like you lunge and dip your whole body down, bring your arms up in a line with your body, like a little wave and then mm -hmm. you turn and then Aang here goes straight into a perfect circle walk and I did shed a single tear. Aang's moving around like a little blob of mercury. God, he's so he's so good at this. Well, not only that, but I also just want to like shout out to the animators who were able to like make this all look really genuinely like authentic with just a few frames. It's so impressive. Yeah. Uh, I am doing this show, just a little kimono parting. I'm doing this show for the first time with just a lot of caffeine. So yeah. that is why I'm talking so fast This today. is like the very first time we've recorded in the morning. instead <laughs> of coffee. Instead of at night where we're all just droopy. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's probably a good thing, though, because I have so much to say about this episode. It's so good. And yeah. like normally I would skip over a lot of stuff in the episodes because it's all just kind of there's a lot of filler and a lot of just kind of random, like unnecessary stuff going on. But this one is just chock full yeah. of like good little bits. Aang uses uh, this little bagua technique for mainly for evasion. And then Blue Spirit jumps onto the soldier, throws him over the edge of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> he definitely dies. Very violent. 
they're fighting everyone off up here and then a bunch more soldiers run up from below with these huge bendy siege ladders and they just fucking run up the wall with these yeah. bad boys. <laughs> they like, could have just like done the, the normal they siege ladder thing. They don't do the normal thing. siege ladder thing, but they... <laughs> Like they're bamboo ladders. They're so bendy and so strong. So they have can... like a person in the front and he's just holding the ladder and he starts a wall running up holding the ladder still. It's wild. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's slightly faster than putting it up there and just starting to climb. I guess. You know? Aang and Blue Spirit are fighting these guys back and Aang is able to just blow everyone off of one of these ladders, dandelion style. And yeah. then the soldiers on the next ladder over are shook <laughs> and they get blasted off too. Um, Aang somehow manages to grab a couple of these ladders and just pulls them up and he and Blue Spirit do an epic stilt trick. I don't even know how to explain this. They just sort of- They're, It's like pole vaulting, but the poles are like 30 feet high. They, and they're on top of the poles. There's already one on the ground. So they grab that one. They uh, sort of swing over forward towards the next wall. They put down the next ladder and then mm -hmm. they use that one to swing forward. Because they're carrying like a bushel of ladders while they're doing this. <laughs> and then it takes so long for one of these soldiers to be like, oh, oh, we can just... <laughs> He just runs up and gently lights the ladder on yeah, fire. <laughs> as if he's like holding a lighter up to it. Just like he, he runs up to it really fast and then he's just like, boop. They fall right before they get over the last wall and the remaining soldiers sort of blast them big time. And mm -hmm. Aang tries to block it with an air buble. Blue, the beloved velociraptor from the hit 2015 and 2018 movies Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is here and starts disemboweling all the soldiers. Excuse me? Blue from Blue's Clues skidoos into the TV show Paw Prints all the soldiers to mark them for death. Mm. Uh, Blue Spirit gets all of them. Um, the camera pans over and this whole time this drum music has been played by the Blue Man group. And then they start doing a cover of I'm Blue by Eiffel 65 splashing lots of neon paint over all the soldiers <laughs> and blinding them. And they're slipping all over this paint. And then Zhao runs up and is like, whoa, we can't kill this little kid, you idiots. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're really doing like this death stabs scene, and yeah. burns to these trying to actually kill Aang. So he's like, don't kill him. We have to torture him for the rest of his life. And as soon, like immediately, as soon as the blue spirit hears this, they put their swords to Aang's throat. And then there's a little standstill. Zhao, clearly very irritated, demands that they open the gate and let them out to the sound of some very tense music. Like, like this isn't just a concession. It's sort of like, open the gate. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, that's not quite right. But yeah, the musical cues in this episode are chef it's kiss, voice chef kiss. Suspenseful. Yeah, suspenseful. Blue Spirit keeps their swords to Aang's throat as they're walking backward away from the fort. And they get pretty far nearly to the forest and then Zhao orders his archers to knock out the blue spirit so they can uh, be delivered to Ozaya along with the avatar the archers successfully do this they knock them out shoots blue spirit right in the mask yeah first I was like well if they're good enough they could have like shot him through like the little eye hole right but 
Zhao specifically said just knock them out so we can deliver them, like, a, a presumably alive yeah. along with the Avatar. Because <laughs> Zhao... To torture them, too. <laughs> Zhao wants to be, like, an overachiever and is like, I didn't kill them. I'll let you kill them, Fire Lord. <laughs> Aang is super freaked out by this and then turns to face them as they're, like, falling. There's, like, a... a if I remember correctly, it's like kind of like a little slow motion scene. Yeah. And then uh, Aang is even more shook when he sees what looks like. This is really dramatic because like the blue spirit has been like completely flawless. That's true. This an- entire episode. And then they're just struck down with a single arrow. Well, the Yuyan archers are just like that. Yeah. And I really like that about this episode is that we have like this whole buildup of between like two really, really good fighters. Mm-hmm. And they face off against each other and it's over in an instant. So Aang is looking down at his little uh, accomplice and sees what looks like a big red scar under the blue mask. So Aang blows up a big dust wall to protect them. uh, And Zhao's like, go out, recover them. And Aang pulls off the mask and yep. It's Zuko. What? <laughs> it's Zuko. What? Oh my God. You what? guessed it. It's Zuko. The one and only. Who's that blue spirit? <laughs> it's Zuko. Aang is extremely upset and confused and he nearly just runs off. But uh, he sees Zuko lying there helpless on the ground as these soldiers are running up towards them. And as the dust settles, the soldiers arrive on the scene and Zuko and Aang are gone. Blah! Yeah. <laughs> Is, is good. Yeah. Uh, Zhao up in his little tower is so angry that he makes a frog noise. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh there. <laughs> Jeb Bush voice, please laugh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this frog got all the way up there, but I do love yeah. it. Like it had to have, it had to have made the same journey that Aang and Zuko did. Yeah. God, I'm so relieved I can finally say Zuko. Then the frog jumps all the way off the wall, which cannot be good, I don't think. <laughs> I remember at high school one time, I was like just walking back to the car and I just saw a frog land right in front of me that jumped from the roof. Oh my God. <laughs> but they were fine. These frogs are resilient little buddies. They're just made completely of rubber. Mm, of course they are. What it- happens to a frog? When it's struck by lightning, nothing, because they're made of rubber. (laughs) And I'm glue. What? Hmm? I'm glue? You're rubber, I'm glue. And together, we're going to get you. (laughs) You haven't haven't heard the you're rubber, I'm glue, or I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you Mm. say bounces off of me and sticks to you. That sounds like some weird folksy saying. (laughs) It was an elementary school curse. It was like when someone (laughs) would say something mean, you would say... I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. I was more of a sticks and stones kind of kid. You were hitting people with sticks and stones? I was hitting myself with <laughs> sticks and stones to prove that they can break my bones. What? And I was like, now try to hurt me with words. I dare you. Star wipe to Aang <laughs> sitting on a big root in the forest where he looks very sad and confused. Uh, Zuko is lying beside him coming out of his unconscious state. And Aang goes into this small monologue about a friend he had a hundred years ago. Um, Zuko is lying on a pile of leaves, Mm -hmm. which I assume like is what Aang thinks is like an ideal bed for anyone. Premium comfort. (laughs) That is how he sleeps. But what else is he going to do in the middle of the forest? So Aang is 
talking about one of his best friends from 100 years ago whose name was Kuzan, which contains many of the same letters that Zuko's name does, who he did everything with and who was apparently from the Fire Nation. Could be a reincarnation? Probably not, but, well, maybe. I don't know. Hmm, who knows? Uh, Aang wonders if he and Zuko could have been friends if there wasn't a war going on. Uh, there's a few frames where Zuko is just kind of lying in this pile of leaves looking pretty pathetic. And then he jumps up and tries to roast Aang alive. Yeah. And Aang just kind of flies off through the trees. Then we see Aang collecting some more frogs. And then, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Cut to Iroh on Zuko's ship. Yeah. Playing his little horn on the deck. Mm -hmm. He's sitting on this chair with the fucking, there's a little table beside him. And on it is that fucking monkey statue from the pirate episode. Yeah. (laughs) So he bought it, I guess. Yeah. And Zuko walks onto the ship and Iroh is like, oh, hey, Mark, (laughs) where have you been? We've just been singing songs and shit. It's been great. He said, you missed music night. So I'm assuming Iroh did actually start a band. Yeah. And this sort of goes back to what I was saying. Like, I can't imagine like Zhao's soldiers on the ship, like mm-hmm. with a week off, just kind of singing songs. Yeah. You know, uh, Lion King one and a half. It's the Timon and Pumbaa one, right? It's like the Lion King, but from like a Timon and Pumbaa's perspective. I would really like to see an episode 13 and a half where you see oh, Iroh's so perspective good. and they're just having a little fun music night. Sounds so nice. Yeah, there's like so many fun little things going on in this episode, even though like some of them we don't see them. He said like, oh, you missed like a very stirring love song by one of our crewmates. <laughs> Would love to see mm-hmm. that. Would have loved to see this open mic night. Zuko's like, <laughs> it's 10 a.m. And Zuko's like, I'm going to bed. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> That's a joke no one will get. I unless guess, you unless, watched every Vine. I was going to say, unless you've seen like all the Vine compilations on YouTube. Or have ever owned a bop it. Sokka and Katara are asleep, as well as Momo, because he's finally given up now. Poor little buddy. Just piled in their ancient possessions. He tried um, so hard. He tried extremely hard. At least they have hey, does, so much good stuff now. Does Momo drink water? <laughs> Why did no. he get everything but water? Maybe. <laughs> I've never seen him drinking water. He could have actually found water and then drank some, but didn't get any. <laughs> Oh, yum. I wonder what they're actually looking for. Yeah. Aang finally shows up with his frozen frogs and he's like, just suck on these. It'll make you feel better. Mm. And Sokka's wondering how Aang's trip went, if he made any new friends or anything. A little side adventure. And Aang's like, no, I don't think so. So sad. Like not even the frogs or the cat that he met (laughs) or the old lady. Can you really claim someone is your friend if you make your real friends suck on them? (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Hey, do you think uh, Aang would have done it as a vegetarian? That's true. It's not. They're trying to get the. It seems like the frogs were okay. They seem sort of fine with it. (laughs) These frogs are okay with freezing themselves alive. Hey, did you know that flamingos do that? I, yes. And then they just kind of thaw out. They, like at night, they freeze into the lakes or whatever. mm -hmm. And then in the morning, they thaw out. Not their entire bodies, like just their legs, but still. Uh, there's a very small shot here of Zuko looking at a Fire Nation logo. That's it. <laughs> it has <laughs> not the flag, just the logo. Yeah, just the logo. It has a little R with a circle around it on it. Like the Tinder logo. Mm-hmm. The like, Tinder logo is <laughs> like... He's, he's wondering, should I get a girlfriend? <laughs> it's not that far from the Fire Nation Maybe logo. Maybe if I found a girlfriend, this would all be behind me. Yeah. 
if I could only get myself a good goth girlfriend. Sokka and Katara. Chekhov's goth girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sokka and Katara be sucking frogs. <laughs> and Sokka mentions that they actually taste pretty good. I'm imagining that they taste like some good, like, green apple kind of flavor. And then they come to, they're now lucid and sober and experienced spit out the frogs immediately. Sokka is like licking Appa's fur, which yeah, surely like to get the taste out. <laughs> cannot possibly be a better flavor mm-hmm. or like more <laughs> sanitary. And that's the end. That's the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, 20 questions. Yeah. Is it alive? Nope. Is it uh, unique to this one episode? I think so. Yes. Is it something that if I saw it, I would be like, oh, that's that thing that someone had or like, would I recognize it as a specific thing? I know that's a weird question, but do you, do you know what I mean? No, I think you would only <laughs> really recognize it within the context. Would you say there's like more than one of them in the world? No. Is it a thing that is what am I trying to say it is not a generalized thing it right. is a specific, a specific one item one item but are there more like it yes okay could I stand in it yeah comfortably no I'm wondering if we picked the same thing me too <laughs> Oh my god, that would be very funny. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to no scope it. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. There we go. This is going to end really badly if it's not because then I'll have to pick something else. Ooh. Is it the bucket of water? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> we picked the same thing. I got you a bucket of water for Christmas. <laughs> this is awkward. One of us is going to go have to oh. go home and change our 20 <laughs> questions. Because we have to fly ourselves out to a recording studio every time we. <laughs> <laughs> But what are the fucking odds that there's so many good things to pick from for this episode? I thought it was a good one because it's like there's something in it. Like, oh, my God, that is so funny, though. I can't believe that happened. Now I have to very quickly come up with something. Well, that must have been a record. Was that like three questions? (laughs) I think you got it in less than 20 questions. This is what people must feel when they when their minds are blown. I don't okay. know. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen Wig in my blown. life. Wig blown. Mind flew. Wig blown. Uh, no. no. Galaxy wig. <laughs> Got nothing to say. Okay. After a little deliberation, I have my new thing. My thing, very simple, should be just a quick one. Uh, it's the wanted poster of Aang. Is it alive? No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Can I kiss it? You could. It would be weird. Thanks for that. <laughs> Little addition to the answer. Is this a friend? Uh, no. Are they shaped like a friend? Part of it is. Is it a tool? No. Can you make a little sweater for it can you knit a little sweater to put on it <laughs> no what if i what if i made like little like cozies for it like you know how you can have like a knit cozy for like a cup or like a laptop or something could you make a knit cozy for this thing no it would not work out great it would just be impractical yeah okay is it because it's wet no is it wet at all no. other than like natural moisture i don't think so could you chop it up with a knife uh On a cutting board? Maybe Zuko's knives. That's true. Zuko's sort of swords can cut through anything, apparently. I mean, you could probably do it with a normal knife, to be honest. Is it easy to draw? Yeah. Could I draw it in five seconds and you'd be like, that's what it is? Yep. Is it integral to a character? Like, this is one of the character's sort of signature things. (laughs) No. Can you tie it to a cat's back? 
and it'd be really cute <laughs> carrying it around like Bone Bone's little backpack. Uh, you could do that. Mm, yeah. Would it be useful? Maybe to some people. Glad that I have my blank around me that my cat's <laughs> already always carrying around just whenever I need it. Not like that, no. Is it made of organic material like <laughs> I believe animal so. or plant products? I think so, yeah. In fact, I would say 100% chance. Is it big? In relation to what? If you said that's big... Would no. that be incorrect or correct It'd be assumption? Incorrect. It's just sort of normal size. Yeah. Could I decorate this with like flowers maybe? You could. I don't know if you could decorate it. With, well, you, you might be able to decorate it with like real flowers, but. Could I get some like decals on it? Make it look really cool, like some flames. You could do that. Does it look intimidating? No. I mean, maybe it does if. There are some things about it that are intimidating. Would this get past TSA? Yes. Would it fit through the scanner? Yes. So it's smaller than a bread box? It's about maybe the same length-ish. If you fold it, if you chopped it up and like kind of fold it, <laughs> you could fit it inside a bread box? You wouldn't even need to do that, but yeah. Is it flammable? Yes. Is it the ladders? Nope. How would you fit one of those ladders in a bread box? You just take it apart. And I just said you wouldn't have to chop it up. I mean, like they're tied together, so. Okay. Well, you would not have to disassemble it in any way to fit it in. So is it stretchy? Not really, no. Is it foldable? Yes. It is foldable. Yeah, but you wouldn't do that. It can be folded, but it shouldn't be folded. No, it can, but there's... You can fold it, but it's not the only way to collapse it. Yeah. Is it collapsible? Yes. Ooh, that's a very specific function of mm -hmm. something. Is it collapsible in the same way like a telescope can collapse? Kind of. Is it cylindrical and can collapse like... That was two questions with different answers. Is it cylindrical? Sometimes. Can it collapse like... No. So not wait, like a telescope. Wait. Yeah, I was gonna say, wait, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like how a telescope, it no, looks like no, that, no, no. and then you could squish it and it goes that, like that. Not like that, no. I can't think of any other ways things can collapse. You can't? Without folding. Is it a neutral color? Yes. Gray? Uh, Black? No. Is it white? Kind of, yeah. A light gray? No. Is it brownish? I'd have to take another look at it, but I would say mostly white. Is this an item with an intended use or is it more like decorative kind of knickknack? It has a use. Would it be dangerous to use this for its intended purpose while driving or operating heavy machinery? Yes. Even if you're a passenger? No. Could you use this with your eyes closed and just feeling around? It wouldn't be possible. Does it require you to see to use it? Yes. Is it a weapon? No. <laughs> Would it be cool if someone's driving a truck in a battlefield and someone's in the back of the truck and they're like standing there <laughs> and they're using this thing for its intended use in like a sort of Mad Max scenario? I could see that happening okay. in this uh, world. <laughs> it wouldn't look in, badass. So but... like in Mad Max, for your Road, you got the guy with the who's on the truck and he's just playing electric guitar, and right next to him, there's a guy on the back of a truck and he's doing the intended use of this thing right next to him. <laughs> that would have been very funny to see in Mad Max. Yes, is this the little horn that Ira's playing? No, is it one of the items that Momo brings Sokka no. and Katara? No, no, I wouldn't be that cruel. Does this item belong to the Fire Nation? I would say mostly, yeah. Because it's part of Zuko and Iroh's sort of deal? Big no. Is this directly related to the archers? No. Is this 
directly related to the blue spirit. No. Is this something that Zhao has command over? Yeah. Is it mainly in the fortress? No. Is this in the greenhouse? No. It's in the fire fortress? No. Is it in the wilderness? No. Is it not in a specific setting? Correct. In, it's not in a specific setting. I mean, it is, but it doesn't have to be. So it's never in the fire fortress. As far as I'm aware, I, I wouldn't think there'd be any reason for it there. Is this mainly part of Aang's storyline? I don't even know if he knows it exists. Okay. Has Aang touched it? No. Has Zuko touched it? <laughs> How would... Has anyone touched it? Yes. Has have, any se of the, Several people. Have any of the main characters in this episode touched it? Maybe, but I don't think we saw that happen. There's a question that you haven't really asked. It's kind of important, like a general question that we usually ask. Can you eat it? <laughs> no. My mind's bouncing all over. I got that Sherlock mind palace thing. Does it make continuous appearances through the episodes like a motif? Sort of. Is it something that's carried around? Yes. Is it something that's worn? No. Does it have a carrying case? It might. I don't remember. Does it only make extremely brief appearances? Kind of, yeah. Is there only one? No. Is there more than 10? I think so, probably. Is it in the ruins? No. Would I be wasting my time if I kept asking you where it is? Not really, because there it, are some specific places we see it. Is it in the ship? We do see it in Zuko's ship. Is it the monkey statue thing? No. <laughs> is it a poster? Is it part of a poster? Of Aang? Is it closely related to the poster of Aang? Yes, that is the. That's not the way I was wording it, though. Is it the drawing nope, of no, Aang no, no, on no. the poster? Okay, you, you're, you're, you got it. I'm gonna give it to you. Is it, it the it's, poster? It's the wanted poster of is Aang. It, it's the wanted poster of Aang. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> I thought wow. that'd be so simple. Me too. <laughs> Thanks for knowing my mental blind spots. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some questions from some. Uh, kids from 2006 who were fans of the show. Interested? Nice. Yeah. All right. If you want to send in a question, just go in I, a time machine. We've definitely made this joke already. Okay. <laughs> Avatarspirit.net user Fire Goddess asks, I just wonder something. How did Zuko learn how to use the broadswords? That is definitely something I was wondering. Like, he just has this hidden skill this whole time for no reason, really? Yeah. It's... I, first of all, love it because, mm -hmm. so this was something I was thinking actually watching this. I feel like Zuko would make a better non-bender than a firebender. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> He's way better with the swords than he is with firebending. If they added Zuko to the gang, like Sokka would just yeah. seem like he'd be useless. <laughs> That's so true. Because he's better at non-bending than Sokka is, obviously. But like when you see Zuko firebending, he looks so clumsy and like aggressive. Yeah. And, like, he doesn't have very good control but then you see him with these swords and he's mm -hmm. just like incredibly proficient yeah um it's... i do actually have an answer for this oh it's a little bit of a spoiler because i think it is actually discussed later but very very briefly so later we see Sokka training with someone i cannot for the life of me remember how his name is pronounced but the sword master Piandao. no idea how it's pronounced how do you spell it P-I-A-N-D-A-O. Zuko learned to fight with these broadswords from when he was a little tiny child. Oh. So he's very good and he learned from a master. So it makes sense. 
Interesting. I was also thinking like going back to that theory that maybe Ozai is like not his real dad. Wouldn't it be interesting if Zuko was never meant to be a bender and like genetically wasn't a firebender, but just kind of learned it by growing up with firebenders? Maybe. That would be really interesting. Yeah. This is another thing that you can do when your parents are rich is that they can sign you up with like a bunch of extracurricular activities. <laughs> yeah. And like just in case so you can have the most skilled child on the planet. Oh, another little fun fact. Uh, in the Avatar Extras bonus com commentary of one of the later episodes, we actually learned that Zuko's dual swords are meant to represent the conflicting good and bad sides of him. So he has a good sword and an evil sword. <laughs> <laughs> they both look the same. Is that is that a... I don't know. That's just what it says. Is it the same thing for like Jet? That's a good point. Maybe. Yeah, because he's got a, maybe like he's a, got a good, subconscious decision on the writer's part. If you've got two swords, then that means that you're a morally neutral person. Avatarspirit.net user Callisto Moon asks, At the end, when Zuko is staring up the Fire Nation flag and then he turns over, it tells me that he's struggling. Should he do what's best for his country, himself or the world? Um, Himself and the world. Sometimes you got to betray your country. <laughs> But isn't there always the argument, though, that like if your country is corrupt and everything is going badly, if you have good in you, you should be the one to start a revolution within your own sort of homeland. Isn't that an argument? That's sort of like why people are, you know, they, they discourage you from moving when you're in a bad place. It's like, why don't you stay and fight? I think the the user was asking, though, like, has Zuko been selfish all the way up to this point? And is he just now realizing maybe he needs to worry more about the world in general? He, and maybe he is coming to that realization. Zuko is definitely selfish, but only because he's kind of torn up. Yeah, well, I think we talked, did we, did we talk about this in the last episode? Yeah, where, we kind of did. Yeah, where he's had it pretty rough up until now, so now mm -hmm. he's and treat yourself mentality. Like it's hard to be selfless when the world hates you. Sometimes you have to care about yourself and that's the only thing you have energy for. Now that's valid. Okay, Google, this is valid. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect a response. Avatarspirit.net user Taku asks, who knew the Fire Nation were big music lovers? tiny hint of possible redemption for the whole fire nation or are they too far gone down the path to tyranny and madness can music save the fire nation <laughs> no because <laughs> well has ozai ever heard a song probably he probably has like a sort of a i'm sure he's like a drum guy fascist governments love music because music is also a tool of propaganda i guess but can you imagine donald trump listening to music yes <laughs> i think i think he listens to like I have the no idea anthem. what it would be. Yeah, that's you. You're absolutely, you nailed it. Donald Trump has a single song on his iPod and it's, it's the, national the national anthem. anthem <laughs> sung by himself. <laughs> just himself singing the national anthem. I have just a few more things I want to talk about. First of all, in the film prequel manga, Zuko's story, Zuko was robbed by a thief named Hong Shen, who posed as the Red Spirit, taking on a Robin Hood-esque persona. The Red Spirit's mask, design, and clothing were identical to those that Zuko wore in the show, although Zuko's Blue Spirit persona corresponds to what it was in The Last Airbender. Incidentally, Mike and Brian got the idea of Zuko basing his Blue Spirit persona on a pre-existing figure during a post-season two interview. 
Interesting. Oh yeah, I guess I did write this down. Uh, the creators dropped the red spirit because the initial design, <laughs> the initial design made Zuko look like an ancient Korean version of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> I would have kind of liked that. <laughs> and it uh, sort of gave away that he was associated with the Fire Nation. If you've only ever seen this episode once, it's much much better the second time around, knowing that this masked vigilante is Zuko. Obviously, yeah. I was just going to say, and like for sure, for sure, for sure, this is going to be an episode you will want to watch. If you're, mm-hmm. if you have not, if you're not watching the show as you listen and um, you have access to, like you have the ability to watch the episodes in any way, please check this one out. Oh my God. Yeah, it's this so is, good to watch. It's a very good cinematic experience. But when you know that the blue spirit is Zuko, it makes a lot of these scenes a lot more fun, like uh, like the scene where Aang is trying to collect his half-frozen frogs in the fortress. I can yeah. only imagine what Zuko's thinking, like, why? <laughs> why does Aang have all these frogs? Yeah. He's like, I know nothing about my enemy. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, like, later when they're fighting together, it's, like, very kind of intimate when they're, like, trying to escape the fort. It's so interesting Mm -hmm. to see them working. They, like, work so well together. Yeah, they have a lot of good chemistry. It's really good. Oh, my God, it's so good. And then uh, also when Zhao says that he's going to send the blue spirit to Ozai along with the Avatar, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to send Zuko. Ooh. A little embarrassing. Okay, but here's my question. Yeah. Uh, Back... In front of the gates, if Zhao had refused to let them through the gate, do you think Zuko would have killed Aang? Zhao says, stop, stop attacking. We need to bring the Avatar in alive. And then as soon as he hears that, Zuko puts his swords up to Aang's throat like, oh, well, then I'll just kill him if you don't let me let me through. Do you I, think he would have killed him? It depends on what Ozai's specific request to Zuko is because if... But if... if, but if if uh, Zuko like released Aang back to them in any way, yeah, he wouldn't have had him anyway. So like, would Zuko have felt would he would he have felt like uh, either I have to kill Aang or Aang is going to end up with Zhao? You know what I mean? Yeah. What would have if they didn't if they just if if they knew if they called the bluff if they called his or if bluff they which she was he was bluffing which she was definitely doing. Are you sure? I feel like that he would have still tried to need Aang because Aang was like pulling a lot of the weight I think to their Z- escape. Honestly, I think it's, there may have been a side of Zuko where he could have just been like, because th- this is like a super, super dead end. If, if, if uh, Zhao had kept the gates closed, his options would have been release Aang and like run off. And then mm-hmm. he, there's no hope of Zuko ever getting the avatar at that point. Yeah. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. The other option would be to kill Aang. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Because he would be captured either way and he might as well yeah, kill the Avatar. this is what I'm saying. Like, and be the one who actually killed him. Yeah. Even though it's not the most honorable way. No, but like that he wouldn't really have had another option. Yeah. Um, the thing about the blue spirit is that they have the same exact personality as a blue man from the blue man group what and i feel like that <laughs> if zuko had like a blue man group mask you mean just blue paint yeah <laughs> no it's they actually do like little latex mac masks and stuff but it's paint it's like latex paint i don't think you have to actually shave yourself bald to be in the blue man group are you sure <laughs> we can look this up 
<laughs> later. I'll get back to you next episode. Over dinner. That's our cliffhanger for you. <laughs> Find out what the Blue Man Group does. Yeah, I think the whole thing could have been played out with just being a blue man from the Blue Man Group doing these whole things. I suppose. Because the Blue Man Group is bred to kill. Um, Here's another thing I wanted to <laughs> bring up. Yeah? Um, If Zuko had not gone and done something this wild, like what could he have possibly done in this situation to fix the whole Zhao thing? Because like I said, he was on the ship sort of like throwing his little temper tantrum because Zhao is clearly taking control of the, the hunt for the Avatar. There was like no way that he was going to beat Zhao to this mm-hmm. this situation. So if he hadn't done something like this, do you think there's anything he could have done to like, I don't know. I would say Zuko might actually try to bargain with the archers because they don't seem to be, they they don't <laughs> look like that they're Fire Nation really. Yeah, they're just they seem to have their, for hire. they have like their sort of own sort of aesthetic going on. So if they are for hire, then Zuko might have tried to do something about that. Maybe it would have um, been a stretch, though. I saw someone actually in the the forums discussing like how interesting it would be for Zuko to eventually like disguise himself as an archer because they have like the whole face paint. And everything. True, just like a regular ass disguise. Yeah. Hey Noah. Hey Summer. What are your cabbages? Two potions, a super potion, 15 hyper potions, 106 max potions, 65 revives, six lucky eggs, 11 incense, one fast TM, one charged TM, seven rare candies, a raid pass, two star pieces, one gift, 23 pokeballs, 52 gray balls, Grable? 11 ultra balls, 11 lure modules, 14 raspberries, 23 nanab berries, 11 pineapp berries, five golden raspberries, six silver pineapp raspberries, camera, infinite egg incubator, one regular egg incubator, a dragon scale, and a Sinnoh stone. All right. Uh, my cabbages are 41 potions, 36 super potions, 40 hyper potions, 34 max potions, 41 revives, three incense, a mystery box, four rare candies, raid pass, 10 gifts, 47 pokeballs, 15 great balls, nine ultra balls, three lure modules, 38 raspberries, five nanab berries, 17 pineapp berries, eight gold raspberries, seven silver pineapp berries, a gamut. Couldn't do that in one breath. Uh, an infinite egg incubator, another incubator, uh, three rich sunstones, two metal coats, two dragon scales, and a sinistone. What Nine a, sickles and a tongue bomb. I feel like this was quite a word and information heavy episode. A good one to listen to while you play Smash. Because it's going to be so hard to pay attention. Mm. <laughs> um, I do have some plugs. Twitter at Interstellar Princess. Oh, shit. I Fucked it up right off, <laughs> right out of the oven. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stellar Ghost, Tumblr at Interstellar Princess, my art blog, Summer Art on Tumblr, summergeist.art. Please support my various creative endeavors on Patreon if you have a spare dollar or two. Uh, Patreon.com slash summergeist. Uh, how about you, Noah? You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter at the username Aldude. And you can find my music stuff at noahdoesmusic.tumblr.com as well as noahgeist.bandcamp.com. And most importantly, um, maybe don't follow me on Tumblr because it might be down. I hope this is just a weird temporary thing. (laughs) I have way more Tumblr followers than Twitter followers and I would be starting all over again. Oh, um, I forgot to plug my TikTok Follow oh, me on yeah. TikTok at Stellar Ghost. Or don't. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know why I've done this. It was very impulsive. Be with the times. We're trying to be uh, cool teens. With our Fortnite and our TikToks. Mm. Keep with follow it. Follow my podcavages on Twitter at my podcavages and rate us on iTunes if you're in the neighborhood. And then, of course, check out noisebase.xyz for all of your podcasting needs. Oh, here's a good one. Here's one I have not listened to yet. But the premise to me is so fucking good. Stuck in the middle with you and noise space Derek and Juan of Dim the House Lights watch movies with a 50% Rotten Tomato score to try to figure out which side of the fence they fall on and why. Yeah. I love that. Yep. Wait, no, we need to like sign off. <laughs> that's, that's it. Does it have to be about cabbage? Can we talk about lettuce this time? Don't eat romaine lettuce. Don't eat romaine lettuce. Let us leave. No! <laughs> oh, the monster's right there, even though it has canonically big honking footsteps. <laughs> this is like this is like how I, uh, that one episode of Riverdale where the, the Goblin King just ends up in uh, Betty and Alice's house and they just like turn around and it's right there. And I'm just like imagining all of the like scraping and like, trying to like get in through the window and its antlers come off and it's like shit shit like he has to put it yeah. back on he's like readjusting his robes mm-hmm. they turn around he's like oh i've been here the whole time <laughs> okay well now our conversion is complete and we're going to be talking about riverdale for the rest of our episodes we just tricked you into listening to a riverdale podcast it only took like three months